You want to bet like the Not For The Bay podcast? Go sign up with BetUS Sportsbook, where you can get in the game. Provides multiple sports, online casino, and live betting. Has easy deposits, fast payouts, so sign up today using promo code NFD to receive 125% in bonuses. BetUS. Bet wherever, whenever. This should be played wow, in this wow. the presidential area. Now 9.18 p.m. Eastern Time. Action-packed show as usual. Welcome into the Not for Debate. Quite a few rookie quarterbacks we're going to be discussing. Malik Willis for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, his chances of starting week one versus the, excuse me, week one for the Tennessee Titans. Kenny Pickett, his chances of starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers week one. Uh, we're going to get into Blake Gilkin, the punter for the New Orleans Saints his uh, random drug test that he had to take. And also uh, today, I added this in today, um, I just watched the movie Rise, uh, the biography movie of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit uh, today. But it, I got to say, man, like we're going to go ahead and just start with the Rise movie. Like, it was definitely not what I was expecting it to be. I was expecting it to be like one of those regular biography movies where they show like different scenes and stuff like that. And it was just going to show actions from the past, which it did obviously, but it was an actual movie. And those are my favorite kind of biographies when they actually make a full movie about it. Now I'm a, to be honest is one, the honest author Dekumbo is one of my favorite players in the NBA. And I know a lot of the people are thinking like you only started liking him when he started becoming an NBA champion, which became an MVP and all that. But that's not true. So how I was able to when I, when I, how I how I knew about Giannis was back in 2000, sorry, in 2012, when the Golden State Warriors traded Monte Ellis to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um and I was a big, huge Monte Ellis fan when he was with the Golden State Warriors. If you don't know who Monte Ellis is, undersized guard, six six foot three, was able to score anywhere he wanted to on the court. And probably his most famous famous thing to do on the court was probably his buzzer beater game winners. That's what he's most. That's what I like about him the most is his his buzzer beater game winners and is able to drive to the basket at will. Like man was just a blur. So. The year, the next year, 2013, after when Monte Ellis' first year with the Milwaukee Bucks, he got traded to the Mavericks, if I'm not mistaken. And then the Milwaukee Bucks went in the draft and they drafted, excuse me, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they was in a rebuilding stage where they ended up having OJ bringing in OJ Mayo. They had to, still Tobias, a baby Tobias Harris on the roster at the time. So that's when I knew about Giannis, and then of course. Like there's the whole aspect of me back when I was playing 2K. One of the biggest issues of playing online was playing up against 
the Oklahoma City Thunder. Those are the most difficult team to beat back then. Back in them 2012 all the way up until like 2017, 18 time where you had Russell Westbrook and you had Kevin Durant playing on the same team. And then you literally had to pick your poison who was going to kill you during the course of 2K. Well, I had a friend that was a big, huge Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and he loved to use the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I needed to find a, I needed to find a seven-footer that was able to defend uh, Kevin Durant. And I, and I found it with Giannis Antetokounmpo. But anyway, we're, we're getting all topic. We're, we're, talking about the, we're talking about the Rise movie. And the reason why I love this movie so much is because when you, when you sit down and you watch the movie and you, you, you watch the, the adversity that his whole family had to go through, uh, his parents, they immigrated from Nigeria all the way to Greece and didn't have citizenship for either, either of those, either of those countries. And they were, they were just, they were just paperless. And of course, Giannis was born in Greece along with three of his other brothers. And also I just, I just found out in the movie that he actually had a, f- a fourth brother. He had a fourth, he has a fourth brother, the one that left the state in Nigeria with the grandparents. So I, I found out he had a, had a fifth brother, fourth brother, excuse me. I'm sorry. It's five of them, but that was the fourth brother. But um, yeah, he had, he had the, he had the fourth brother staying in Nigeria with his grandparents and, Giannis didn't start off being the better basketball player out of all of his brothers. It was Giannis, the oldest brother, his, excuse me, the second oldest brother. I'm sorry. He was, he was better at, at, uh, at basketball than him. It took, Giannis was a very, very slow bloomer. Um, started off in the, in the, I try to pronounce this, uh, Filiatos, youth basketball team in the Athens and then he ended up moving up to the senior team where he ended up after he got his recognition on the senior team after his brother got injured um he started to get he started to get some light shaded on him uh during his time there but the road wasn't easy for him like my man was literally sleeping in the gym like he was on a he was on a real big grind he was on a he was on a grind for real and then he ended up hiring this agent, which wasn't an agent at the time. And he was able to get Giannis a deal with the uh, Saragoza, the, Sa- the Saragoza Spanish team, where all the other basketball teams internationally, they were willing to sign Giannis because of the fact that he didn't have papers for him to be able to play. Then it wouldn't make him make it very, very difficult for him to play. But, in the NBA, for you to be drafted by the NBA, you can get either get drafted because you went to a to a college program, or you can get draft, or you can get bought out by uh, by the NBA from an international team, and that's the route that Giannis ended up going for him to be able to be drafted by by the Milwaukee Bucks. But again, like his family was poor, like we talking about, like really, really poor. Like he was in the streets of of Greece selling selling clothing jewelry and all and all this different stuff at a young age with his with his mother and his and his three brothers at the time and they was all sleeping in the same bed he was sharing he was sharing nike air forces with his with his with his older brother uh during the course of basketball practice like we talking about like he was really really poor and I, like it, it was a very very admirable movie especially the fact that like his father he's he was very very supportive his mother was very very supportive 
of of, of Giannis and Thionis's dream to become basketball players and just to see Giannis grow up to be one of the best best basketball players in the world is, is like freaking amazing because when you sit down and you 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 watch Giannis's press conferences for the Milwaukee Bucks like he he seems not he's he 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 seems so naive to what's going on in the United States world, but like my man's been through so much at a young age where, like I said, like so much adversity for him to be able to get to that stage as far as being an NBA champion, which again, man, like I love Giannis. Giannis is one of my favorite players in the NBA. Like it's, it's a close tie. It's literally a close tie between him and Ben Simmons. Um, the reason why I give Ben Simmons the edge was because Giannis kind of did make me a little upset two years ago when it came down to guarding Kevin Durant in the in the in the in the final round before they went to the finals, uh, where he was where Kevin Durant went off for thirty plus points in in the majority of those games. So that that kind of didn't sit well with me. But Giannis, I still love Giannis. <laughs> I still love Giannis. Um, but it, it's a phenomenal movie. I highly suggest. I highly suggest uh, everybody to check this movie out. It's on Disney Plus and it's on and Hulu, but uh, it was made by Disney, which is, I was surprised a Disney a Disney product movie like that to turn out to be so good. Like again, I highly recommend everybody to check that movie out if you if you're a basketball fan or even a if you if even just a, just a, just need something to motivate you. Just just watch the movie. It's a phenomenal movie uh, to sit down and watch. I'm a big movie head, by the way. Like I, I'll check out almost anything, but I guess we can go ahead and get into the punter for the New Orleans Saints, Blake Gilkin. He had an 81-yard punt on Friday's game versus the Green Bay Packers. Now, I've I've I, I've seen it. I seen it a little bit later. I didn't see it during the actual preseason game, but I'm looking at this punt like I'm looking at the return. Like he literally had to turn his head and had to run backwards even more because he couldn't believe how far the punt went. But in my head, I'm thinking like, yo, like this dude needs to be drug tested. Like I'm sure, I'm pretty sure that was going through everybody's head that sat down and actually watched the actual punt that he had. And it was, it was interesting. It, It was, it was interesting because, of the fact that the way that the New Orleans Saints organization approached it, um, the way they approached it for for, for him, he's, it, was, it was funny because he ended actually put it, he put the actual text from I'm assuming the the team doctor for the New Orleans Saints, and uh, it stated Blake. This is Blake. We're not gonna get the name of that. We're just gonna call him Team Doctor with the NFL's drug testing. You were selected for a random season drug test. This test will take place today, 8-21-2022, at the facility. The test should be completed before team meeting at 10 a.m. Now, look, I, I have no problem. I have no problem with him getting drug tested, but like just the way that the, they just went about it, I'm like, like literally, like you could just be like, look, you you put this ball too damn good right now. Like you literally kick this ball out the stadium and this is we, we we just need to make sure like you ain't you ain't no alien or nothing man because we this is something we ain't never seen before but uh blake gilkin 
he quoted it after after the text Satan uh kick at your own risk. <laughs> so anybody that just kicks the kicks the ball out, out of the 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 stadium is just going to be drug tested for that one. But I just I just found that was funny because it's it's amazing. 81 yards, like that's unheard of for a punter to actually well, I never seen that a day of my life. Never seen it. But as far as so far during the course of the preseason, he had five punts that game, and he averaged fifty nine point four yards per kick uh, in the in that in that Green Bay Packers game. And the week before that, versus the Houston Texans, he had six punts, and he averaged fifty point two yards. Um, so he's doing a he's doing a pretty good job as far as punting for the New Orleans Saints, which uh, in the in the Houston Texans game he downed he downed two two punts inside the twenty yard line. So this man can punt. But uh, but I'm 81 yards, 81 yards. That is that is amazing. It, it is freaking amazing. I ain't I've never seen something like that. Never, never. Like you can imagine, just imagine. Like people people undermine punting so much, and well, the average person undermine punting so much. But can you imagine if you're backed up? On the on on the opponent's fifteen to ten yard line, and you're able to boom the ball eighty one yards, you literally could put them in the opposing territory, and you could like though like you could literally pin them back and work and work that out to your favor, where they can end up not having good field position for the whole game if you have somebody that can punt that could punt consistently like that. Like that that's 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 how the game is won. Field position. That's all it is. The game is won through field position. How many yards you have to go the distance for you to be able to put the ball in the end zone or for you to be able to kick that ball through the upright. That's just what it is. But again, I, I felt like that was that was very, very interesting. Blake Gilkin. I'll make sure I have to keep an eye on him uh during the course of the 2022 season, uh, considering the fact 81 yards if he could do that again that would be amazing all right so like i said we was gonna jump into two two rookie quarterbacks we're gonna go ahead and start off with katie pickett uh pittsburgh steelers quarterback uh out of pittsburgh um i think out of all the all the rookie quarterbacks this year i feel like kenny pickett has looked the best and I want to I want to go ahead and start this off with talking about the other two veteran quarterbacks on the roster, uh, because the Pittsburgh Steelers, they went in free agency and they signed a quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. Thinking that he was going to be the starter, considering the fact that Ben Roethlisberger just recently retired after last year. And then, of course, Mason Rudolph, who I thought that was getting groomed. Was 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 going to get that that Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers passing the torch situation, and that didn't turn out to be the case because, like, when you look at it, Pittsburgh selected Mason Rudolph in 2018. He's been on the roster since 2018, like waiting, and then of course two years ago, uh, when I believe Ben had season in a season-ending injury. Mason Rudolph took over and he didn't do that bad. But based off of what I've seen the last two games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as far as the starting quarterback is concerned, 
Mason Rudolph played the whole second half and didn't even like didn't play with the starters. If he was, if he was, if they was, if they wanted him to play, if they wanted him to be the starter or encouraging him to be the starter, they would have never drafted Kenny Pickett and they would have never put him in there in the second half. They would never put him in the second half playing with the backups. That's the other thing. And getting back to Mitchell Trubisky, like just showing, just watching Mitchell Trubisky against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, he was struggling. Um, I will say the offensive line definitely do, does need some work for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, but Kenny Pickett uh, probably came in in the probably in the middle of the second quarter and had two possessions, if I'm not mistaken. And he ended up going six for seven uh, for 76 yards and a touchdown. And it was the touchdown came before the half. It was in the two minute drill. And it's a lot of things going on in that two minute drill. Like you got to make sure everybody is where they're supposed to be. Um, But also I will say in the defense, in the defense's defense, you're not seeing a defense's best because of the fact that like they're they're preventing you from scoring. Well, they're always preventing you from scoring, but you're not going to see a lot of exotic blitzes and stuff like that when it comes down to that down to that 2-minute drill. And also it's the fact that he didn't play against he didn't play against the starters for the Green Bay Pack, excuse me, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that that's that's the other thing that I'm I'm, I'm I want to see. I want I want next week I want to see Kenny Pickett go with the starters and see how he see how he fares against the starters but one of the things that i did want to point out with kenny pickett was his his poise in the pocket that 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 could be it is a little bit concerning to me as far as him being able to take hits hits on a regular basis and i'm not really big on rookie quarterbacks coming in and 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 playing when they have a very very shaky offensive line i feel like that can be very very detrimental to a quarterback's learn uh, uh excuse me learning being a learning curve for a young quarterback uh coming into the league so but they got the weapons like you got the running back in Najee Harris who is 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 expected to have a good year this year you have two two good quality wide receivers and uh Deontay Johnson who just got his extension and then of course Chase Claypool who who's phenomenal and of course at the tight end position you have Pat Fair Fairmouth I hope I pronounced that correctly. And the defense is defense is pretty good. Defense is pretty good, which I don't know if the people that have been watching the show, I haven't really been a big fan of, of Mike Tomlin because of the way that he inherited the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this is definitely going to be a true test, true test for, for Mike Tomlin too as a head coach. Like where 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 can you take where can you take the Pittsburgh Steelers without a franchise quarterback? Can you groom Kenny Pickett? into being a franchise quarterback those are the questions that i have like can you can you get this franchise can you get this franchise out the mud that's that's the i feel like that's where the head coaches really make their money no disrespect i feel i like mike tomlin is a good coach but for him to be for him to gain my respect to get into that upper echelon of head coaches he's got to do it without ben roethlisberger He's got to do it. That's that's just my take on it. Like a lot of people get caught up in the numbers. Like he inherited a very very good team. They were two years removed from Super Bowl champions when he got the team. Like I need to see it. 
And it's not his fault. It's not his fault that he inherited a good team, but I need to see it. Like adversity bust pipes and make bust pipes and make diamonds. That's what it is. Pressure. So we'll we'll see. We're going to monitor that. We're going to monitor. But key key takeaway from the from this game against the Jacksonville Jaguars is he's got to play against the ones. That's that's my whole that's my whole thing. He's got to play against the ones. All right. Quarterback, rookie quarterback number two. Uh, I don't I think this is kind of premature considering the fact that the Tennessee Titans have a starting quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. But a lot of people cannot forget that that divisional round game versus the Cincinnati Bengals when Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. Yeah, that 19 to 16 loss. Uh, to the to the Cincinnati Bengals, where clearly this the Tennessee Titans had this game in the bag, but Malik Willis two back to back weeks, Malik Willis has been very very exciting as a quarterback, providing the Tennessee Titans with a certain swagger with his ability to be mobile and able to throw the ball with different arm angles. Like it's 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 a very very exciting thing to watch and. Watching him play this past weekend versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it it, it begs the question. It, it definitely begs the question. Uh, he went seven for seventeen, uh, had eighty had had eighty yards passing, and threw a touchdown pass to Ch- tight end Chig Okwanwo. I hope I said that correctly. Like, is it time for us? to have excuse me is it time for ryan Tannehill to look over his shoulder honestly i don't think that works out financially for the tennessee titans considering the fact that ryan Tannehill, if they were to do something with him you got 38 million dollars in dead cap for this year and 36 million dollars in dead cap next year for Ryan Tannehill. So I, I I would think that they would probably try to move on from Ryan Tannehill next year via trade. But as far as 2020, 2022, I'm, I'm not too sure. But I, look, I like what I see out of Malik Willis. And also, this dude has, like, his lower body is, like, huge. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy how huge his lower body is. Like, you don't really see that out of quarterbacks where their legs be, be freaking huge like that. And one of the things that I loved about about Malik Willis when he went into his press conference, and people people say a lot that I'm I'm against um, mobile quarterbacks, but that's that's not true. Like I like mobile quarterbacks, but are they are they able to develop their game into them being able being able to be pocket passes and not have to rely on their legs ninety nine point nine percent of the time? Uh, and he acknowledged that during the course of his press conference. We're going to break down this. Go ahead and let you listen to the clip here. Because I'm athletic or I can get out when I want to just to get out sometimes. It's an understanding when and when not to. And that's the biggest thing. That's why I'm a little disappointed myself for tonight. I think I got it a little bit too much. Uh, but it's a growing process. It's my second preseason game. I'm not going to be too hard on myself in that. So if I, it's his second preseason game and he acknowledges the fact that he doesn't have to break the pocket all the time 
uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Like he's got to learn how to climb the pocket. And like for for a mobile quarterback like that to acknowledge that so early on in his career is phenomenal because like you can only go so far as your you can only go at so far with your athleticism. But if you can if you can stand firm in the pocket and make the throws, like you can be a unstoppable dual threat. That's my only issue with Lamar Jackson. But people jump down my throat about that about Lamar Jackson, but. Like when I like you look at the Tennessee Titans front offensive line during the course of this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were all over Malik Willis and he was able to make plays and escape the pocket and uh, do some things with the football. But all around, man, like I, I, I'm just looking at it. It's not it's not his time. I, I would say give Malik Willis probably another year. And it's 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 really it's very, very, it's going to be very, very difficult for fans to refrain from, for not, for, for them not to call for Malik Willis to be the starter somewhere down the road during the course of the 2022 season. The second Ryan Tannehill fumbles the ball and they take it back for a touchdown or throws an interception or he's not living up to their standards as the, as a court, as the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, I can hear the chance. You're going to hear the chance. This is just this is what it is. And with all the adversity around Ryan Tannehill, considering him him going out in the media saying it's not his job to coach Malik Willis, like that's just gonna add fuel to the fire to the naysayers. That's just what it is. But let's 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 just pump the brakes on it for a year. Like let's let's remember now Ryan Tannehill has taken you to the playoffs every single year he's been a he's been a starter for the tennessee titans yes there's been some hard breaks last year versus the cincinnati Bengals. the year before that against the baltimore ravens and I, like come on now you can't really fault him with year one he took you all the way to the conference championship could you really complain could you really complain he, he, he hit the wall against the kansas city chiefs who had no answer for patrick mahomes so it it, it, it like again i'm like We'll just we'll just wait and see what happens, but I don't think it's his time yet. But that's that's your Monday edition of the Not for the Bay podcast. We'll be back Wednesday. Well, it'll be recorded Tuesday, but we'll be back Wednesday. You'll hear it on Wednesday. And I did see a I did see a new show that was coming out on HBO where it had about coaching trees, and I found it very very interesting because they dropped it on Bleacher Report about uh with two co- two coaches in particular they had the bill belichick tree and they had the andy reed tree and i'm 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 like i'm extremely looking i'm looking forward to that i believe it come on tonight nine o'clock at night tonight so it'll be on it'll be on wednesday's edition and then of course you have friday's edition where we're going to end up covering the hard knocks hope i said that right hard knocks is when thursday tuesday or yeah, Hard Knocks is Hard Knocks is Wednesday. So yeah, it'll be on the Friday edition. Hope I said that right. But another great episode. This is the Not for the Bay Podcast. I'm about to here, man. <laughs>